0: Hi, I'm Kevin Kittle, and this is The Cinema Files. Leading up to the release of the new political thriller, Miss Sloane, this December 9th, I had the opportunity to sit down with director John Madden and discuss his latest film. You may recognize Madden from his previous movies such as The Debt, Proof, and Shakespeare in Love. We talked about his collaboration process with the writer on this brilliant script. And what makes the title character so fascinating as portrayed by Jessica Chastain. Be sure to read my full review for Miss Sloan on the Cinema Files website. And keep an eye out for our top 10 list for 2016. This movie earned a firm spot on mine. So, right off the bat, I thought it was a brilliant film. Oh great. I thought the script was amazing razor sharp i um, well, I loved a lot of the uh, verbal sparring and everything going yes on there. and what I was impressed to learn was the screenwriter Jonathan Pereira. yes first script ever yes uh, yes, how did that come about i mean that's well great, i think right?
1: he uh, I think he has a couple of other <laughs> pieces in his bottom drawer She wouldn't show to anybody I mean he's a very very unusual guy sort of very very disciplined self-taught in many or not educationally I mean he, he went through a conventional British education I mean not conventional in the sense that he went to a state school and climbed his way right up his mother's a Czech emigre from a Soviet occupied Czechoslovakia and went to university, went to work in a law firm, no particular interest in law, except that he thought that would be a very quick way to pay off his debt, his college debt, which he achieved, and then thought, well, what do I really want to do? I think I might want to try and write, um, particularly write for film or television. And so he sort of taught himself how to do it, and it's uh, something to do with his extreme discipline, and he's a very smart guy, but he's also extremely approachable you get this image of a kind of film nerd you know with a stack of scripts behind him living in the center of hollywood and he wrote the script in south korea where he was teaching in an elementary school by way of giving himself the time to concentrate on it so you know he's he does his homework meticulously but he's got a tremendous skill i think it's a very well constructed script as you say because we then came together and I was the first person he'd met in the industry even though at that point he had a manager and representation he hadn't met either any of those people nor the people who'd optioned his screenplay I insisted that when I started working I said we have to be together we have to be in the same room and in the same headspace or one another's headspace for two weeks minimum before we can start talking about this then we can conduct it over Skype but I have to know him he has to know me so he came over and I was the first hand he shook, basically, in, the, in this business or this world at all. Uh, and then we then, and having no idea whether he could rewrite since he'd only written, when I say rewrite, I don't mean completely rewrite, I just mean work on material, evolve it. He, it turns out he absolutely could, and we had an incredibly fruitful six months getting the script to where it now is. And even though structurally, it was already terrific at the wow. time I read it. So is that kind of a procedure you normally go through? Totally. Film? Always. Really? Always. I am unusual in this uh, regard, which is that my the, the writer is my chief collaborator, always on a film. I mean, then becomes the cinematographer and finally becomes the editor and finally the composer, but... I'm very involved in all aspects of that. I don't believe, as many directors do, seem to want to take the writing credit to themselves. I don't believe in that. I want the writer to have that credit, and I want the writer to be, you know, perceived as what they are, which is the original author of the material. But if a director is going to make the film, uh, in my view, the director needs to make the film on the page before you even start shooting, and therefore. That's why I need to be in the same space as them, because the, the writer's got to trust me and I, uh, so that we work out together how the, the film will articulate itself, how it will look, how the scenes will work, how the structure will work, and but most particularly how the characters will work. And that was the main area that we were working on, really, is what what's going on with that central character. Right. So, yes, I always work that way, even with Tom Stoppard, with my heart in my mouth. <laughs> you <know?
0: laughs> would, would you say that, that approach to it, is, is that kind of rare in Hollywood? I mean, that's not something I see. You know, I
1: can't tell. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. I think that, you know, I, I certainly think some directors can be quite high-handed with writers. It's, after all, axiomatic, isn't it, that a film that's got one writing credit... Is quite a rare thing these days, and that says everything. It's like, oh, well, you know, that person's got as far as they can get. Let's get somebody else in to do this, as if it's a sort of set of instructions. I don't believe that. I think a really, a piece of writing that has, uh, you know, a voice and a sense of authorship is to be protected and nurtured and expanded. Um, obviously, sometimes that may mean there's some aspect of something that I don't quite or believe or I think can work better but that's why I need to be with the person to see how that sits with them but my job is not to say well I got this bit from this and this bit from this Uh, because I think it's a precious thing a voice and although you know it's you you can't say that Elizabeth Sloan is his voice nevertheless that character is something that he's Initially, you know, he didn't have to make it a woman. I mean, if you switch right. the gender, it's a less, it's a, perhaps a slightly more familiar kind of character. The kind of rogue, maverick figure, the obsessive, the rule breaker, the kind of cauterized emotional life. But it's very unusual in a woman. Now that and,
0: leads uh, in, oh, go ahead. I was going to say that leads into another question I had. Uh, recently, I, re- I read this article, it's a film that just came out. Oh, very recently and the uh, they were talking about the studio had pressured him mean, Has a, a female lead character and the studio had actually pressured the director and writer of that film to change the role from female to male so it would be more accessible or whatever. Have you ever run into that personally or was there ever any mention of that on? Like,
1: Absolutely this not in this case. I mean I, it, it so happens in, and it, it hasn't been completely by design but I, at the same time I don't think it's perhaps insignificant that I've done an enormous number of films where the the key character the lead character is a is a woman and so it's my natural territory but I've never heard of that. I have occasionally heard, there's an analogous film, a slightly analogous world, where the character was changed from a man to a woman, which was the um, film called Our Kind of Traitor that Sandra Bullock played the lead in. That was originally a uh, a man, actually by the guy who wrote The Debt, worked on The Debt with me. But uh, no, we had no pressure on that whatsoever. I mean, it's extraordinary, isn't it? Now suddenly, as we approach this perennial moment where everybody's saying, oh, okay, so who's going to be the front runner for this, that, or the other? There's a clutch of really powerful female performances this year, which has to be a terrific thing. What is unusual is that these, we're now seeing, I haven't seen the competitive ones because I've been so stuck in this. I only finished it three weeks ago. So I haven't yet seen what other films are in the mix, but I sort of know of some of them, and I know the Jackie script and so forth. But it's it's roles that are not the sort of roles that women have traditionally had. They're empowered, powerful people, uh, you know, who are not defined by their feminine qualities necessarily. <laughs> They're just people in, in a, a situation and, and above all, not defined by their emotional lives or their sexual lives or their maternal lives or whatever they may be. So that's,
0: you know, that's the big difference, I guess. Yeah, I thought Jessica Chastain did an amazing job in that role. I mean, just from the opening scene, her little monologue in her hands, I mean, you know. Yeah,
1: no, 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 it's a total, total command, even though, of course, in the the very beginning of the film, she's actually at her lowest ebb possible, but she's still utterly fascinating. But to me, it's also about, you know, just the power of a simple close-up, particularly right at the beginning of a film is so... Striking and intriguing because you can't quite understand what, what her mood
0: is or what her state of mind is. I mean, she was a fascinating character, and some other critics and I were discussing afterwards whether or not she, you would classify her as a, a sociopath, and they had pointed to a few elements where she expressed emotion. Yeah. Uh, she, the one time she's like begging for forgiveness, nearly begging for it, um, and there's another time where she breaks down in the office near yeah. the end. Personally, I thought that she was behaving in a way that she either thought she needed to or to manipulate the situation or in selfish frustration
1: well i think you i think you know you're bound that that question is bound to be asked without there being an obvious answer Mm -hmm. and my own view is that there are a handful of moments in the film which i think are strangely completely genuine but they are moments of discovery for her because she is somebody who after all has completely severed any connection to a spiritual life or an emotional life or any life outside the pursuit of what she does and the exercise of those particular skills designed to bring about the results she wants and i think she is sociopathic in in a sense because she pays no heed and and is uh, to to the collateral damage she causes and and is ruthless about her pursuit of that objective until the story that unfolds and then suddenly uh, she is confronted with that damage in a way that makes a claim on her and significantly you know, the two things that pass for a relationship slightly more uh, than the the professional would be her relationship with Jane at the beginning and subsequently with Esme. And as I said to Johnny, I said, you know, my impression is she does this habitually. She sees a younger embryonic version of herself, and that's the one she relates to. And you get a sense that she has something of that relationship with a mother. Goodness knows where she is or who she is. But... No, the the couple of moments I think with Esme, my view is the paradox and marvellousness of that scene and that circumstance is that Esme would never believe the sincerity of her apology, though I think it is sincere uh, because I think she's starting to unravel and is unraveling from the beginning of the movie. Actually, though paradoxically, you're watching her in total control apparently of everything. I think she's totally genuine when she in the outburst in the debate even though actually that is itself a manipulation as we later discover but the, what she is saying and what she believes i think she's totally connected at that point and again i think at the very end when she has finally come to actually believe in the value of what she's fighting for which up until that point i don't think she's given it a second thought it's about winning so I, and I think, again, probably, actually, when she bursts out laughing at the proposal at the very beginning. <laughs> those are all very real moments. So I think she's a borderline sociopath. Don't quote me on it because I don't want to. Uh, but, I, but I think, to me, the interesting part of the journey is how she reclaims a certain humanity that she has almost forsaken, uh, and the, uh, which enables her just to have a little germ of something to build on when you see her in the last frame of the movie. Where she's embarking on some. She's. You talk about a stranger in a strange land. I mean, she's like an alien. She doesn't know how to behave, even. She has to learn it all from scratch, you know, to, to do something genuinely as opposed to doing something for an ulterior motive. It's just not a language she's spoken for so long. She doesn't know what it is. And the other. I think there are moments also in the scene with the, the climactic scene with the, um, the escort. Well, right. suddenly something comes out of her bi- and is ripped open. She's ripped open by the Mark Strong character. Right, absolutely. She is a piece of work, and she knows it. Well, that makes her fascinating. Yeah, it does. It does.
0: All right, well, thank you very much for your time. You're really welcome. I appreciate it. No, you're welcome.